What's up, everyone? Welcome to an exciting episode 50 of Retro Encounter. I'm Josh Curry. With me is a wonderful cast of Alana Eggs. Hey, guys. Peter Treesenberg. Hello. Robert Fenner. RPG fans, resident RPG hater. And last, and certainly least, Mike Solosi. 50 episodes, <laughs> and I'm still in last place. Oh, this is great. I'm so happy. <laughs> we didn't talk for a while, so you came up last on Skype, so... That's True, the ordering yeah. for that, always. You should know that sure. by now. <laughs> 50 episodes. Yeah. It, in, it, about, in about 18 months. It's kind of hard to believe. I did some numbers at one point. We've been averaging... Um, crap. I forgot my numbers. We do basically three a month. With you for a second. <laughs> <laughs> we, do, we, we do about three a uh, month, which is actually pretty impressive. And I, recently, I we've been doing yeah. we've been doing four a month. But, right, uh, and that's like we overall did three a month, and that's starting off at the beginning when we were doing them whenever the hell we felt like it. Sure. And so to average out during that time to about three three a month, it's like yeah, you know what? Good job. Good job. Collective okay. pat on the well back. Done. Yeah. So we're here for kind of a bonus encounter. Um, as I always say for bonus encounters. If this is your first podcast, this is not usually how it goes, which, although we do enough of these, so it kind of is kind of how it goes, but whatever. Um, we're here to more talk about the future instead of the past. I think we kind of did that for episode 25. We talked about our past and one of our favorite one, uh, games that we had covered. Um, but instead, this time, we're going to kind of look forward. We want to talk about what games we could possibly play. And with that, instead of just being like all hypothetical and pie in the sky and really cool about it, um, we're actually going to let uh, you, the listeners, vote. Um, so we're going to each come up with, or we're going to talk about like our one game that we really care about, kind of give you our pitch, we'll kind of talk about it as well. Um, and then with that, there will be a vote that goes on the site, and you guys will vote, and we will play it in January. So, yay. Yeah. And you guys can finally yeah. be hopefully kind of happy about the game that we choose to cover. Well, <laughs> I think I think the last time that we had a vote go strictly to listeners or an open audience was for the Xenogears episode, and that was one of our most positively received episodes. Probably because Josh was only on one episode of it, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, the best of the two episodes. Debatable, but anyway, um, I I think it's a I think it's a great idea to do uh, some outreach and, and have some listener choice involved in what we play. So I'm, I'm excited to see what the other four of you pitch and how the vote turns out. But even though we won't be playing the game for a few months yet. Yeah. Well, so, it, 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 kind of, I mean, behind the curtains of how we do this, we usually decide a game about two months out of the time. Anyways, um, it gives us enough time for everybody to get the game. If it's a really long game, people can start playing it ahead of time. We get, actual staff around it so it it seems it like it took it's really me almost a full month to finish tetris yeah i know that was oh, that oh, was the worst yeah, that the, was the deadlines like, with that were terrible march was brutal oh yeah I bet. yeah still the hardest podcast we've ever done mm-hmm. still... i'm the best yeah, absolutely can't, i can't believe we completely encapsulated tetris in 40 minutes i, I... blows my mind every day nobody um... else could <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, so it, I know it seems like it's really far away, but it actually kind of matches up with our timeline, so it works out perfectly. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I guess without further ado, we should just go into it. Oh, oh really? Yeah, let's go. Okay. 
Let's go. No, no time for meditation or reflection. Just gonna gonna go into the pitches. Do we want a moment of silence? I I can do that too. A moment of silence. I'll, I'll bow our heads in, in honor. The first fifty or forty nine episodes have been slain. We're moving on. So, like I said, it's gonna be instead of just listing it out, we'll kind of talk about each one. Um, maybe, well, probably in my case, at least, I'll have to try to convince people that they should vote for my game. Um, and since you're still top of my Skype list, I'm sorry, Alana, but you have to go first. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. She's frantically trying to think of a game. <laughs> I, Supposedly I all of you guys came with games. Oh, good. good. I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I, still reading internet top ten lists to think of something that might work. Ooh. See, now I've not gone for that, and I've not even gone for the obvious, which I bet everyone thought before I came on was like, she's just come on to get Skies on there. And I was thinking, well... I mean, I would have done, but it's pretty difficult to get hold of, and it's expensive, so I'm being a bit nicer and a little bit offbeat, I think, for this. Um, um, I feel like, if I can just jump in, I feel like we haven't really given a lot of love to the PS2 on the podcast. Like, I feel like since Final Fantasy X, we've not really touched it, and I thought we could go for something that's kind of... It's one of my favourite games ever, and it's a series that I has kind of died out a little bit. Well, the company has gone bust. And so I've gone for Shadowheart's Covenant, which is the second game ah. in the series. Oh, ah. Good one. And I think my reason for it is because it is a little bit offbeat. Like, Shadowheart's is pretty well known for being... I mean, it came out at the same time as Ten, the first game, and it looks like a PS1 RPG and sounds like a PS1 RPG, but it had some really good ideas, and it was a really creepy kind of really good atmospheric game, which was a little bit horror, a bit, little bit Lovecraftian, with a really good battle system. And 2 lost a bit of the horror, but at the same time, it kind of built up mechanically. Like, it really, really, really improved the mechanics. And it just does something very different to a lot of JRPGs. Like, it throws you in to a real-life setting with really unusual situations, and it's really cool. And Yuri is really... Is it set in the 1920s? Uh, 1910. No, yeah, it's... Okay, 19... I know it's after World War One. No, it's during, because um, it's with Anastasia um, is in it, the Princess oh, of right. Russia. Yeah, yeah, so it's, I think it's... And the um, Rasputin. Yeah, yeah, you get to fight, right, you get to fight Rasputin. That is my argument. I mean... <laughs> so my argument, my argument was going to be there's a luchador vampire. That's even better. I love him. He's like my favorite character. Man, I, yeah. I, 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 I've actually, I'm really down for this idea. I just, I don't have Shadow Hearts, but I've always wanted to play these games. So yeah, I'm, I'd be down for this idea. They're not too hard to get hold of. No, they're not too hard, and they're not like expensive. Like I bought, I've just been recently playing through the third one, which is why I thought, oh, because Covenant is like, I love Covenant, and I played the third game first time straight after Covenant. Um, and hated it, but coming back to the third one was quite nice because right. it's nowhere near as good. Like it's really dumb and silly, and it completely loses all the kind You're of horror. You're just saying that because it's American, and no, well, it's quite a bit like um, it's a little bit like Sakura Wars or um, yeah, Tengai Maiko, Our East of Eden. It's more <laughs> like American satire than the yes. horror setting of the other games. Yeah, definitely. But it's, yeah, I struggled because I just don't like Frank and I 
Matt, and I just really struggle with. I, oh, really? <laughs> okay, I, I, I like the idea of Frank, but actually listening to him talk yeah. is just kind of oh. not great. I kind of like uh, Frank is a uh, is a white guy, a uh, a uh, I think a World War One veteran, but but, but yeah, he uh, he exiled himself in the Amazon nin- in the Amazon rainforest and became a ninja. Somehow, there's it, it's not easy to explain. That's but, um, good. He's he's got a big frozen fish that he uses as a sword. Right. He does. I do <laughs> oh, love that. I, is that an Ibisu Moro re- reference or something? Maybe. I don't uh. know. I'm, it might that, be. He, he, fights, he fights with a fish. But um, any, anyway, uh, I, I, Covenant is the only Shadow Hearts game I've played at length. I own all three of them and played the beginning of the first and third. But the first had some mechanical problems that Alana alluded to. And the third one just didn't grab me like the second one did. But Shadow Hearts Covenant is an excellent, excellent RPG. It sure is. Is there like, any chance those games are ever going to get re-released? You saying no. like a PS4? Like just yeah, like a, I want. I yeah, like that. a PS4 port. Sacknoth have closed, and then Midway owns the rights to the first two games, and they are closed yeah. now too. So short answer is no. Uh, does Exceed have the third game? I think they do. Um, I can't remember. I know I think that was one of their first ones. They, they I know Exceed. Uh, yeah, Exceed published it, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm holding out hope, but. I feel like that's been one of the large reasons that a lot of the PS2 g- games have been largely ignored on the podcast. Um, one of yeah, the great, one of the great things, yeah, one of the great things about PS1 specifically um, is almost all of those games at some point were put on the PSP or so, on Steam. Yeah, and so yeah. between those, like between that or Steam, it's like or a lot of the old games, Steam too as well. Um, it just makes it so it's it's everybody can get their hands on it. Whereas like I have to go like track down my PS2 or. Maybe people don't have it anymore. You only had that first run of the fat PS3s that could play PS2 games. And I think it's just a little bit more tedious, I guess, to go through and try to play one of those. Um, yeah. Yeah the, yeah, the only PS2 games that the podcast has covered are Final Fantasy X and Persona 4. And both of those games are super popular and have been ported a bunch of different places. Right. Yeah. So, those, like, so yeah. Those, are, those are almost the exceptions of the PS2 games that are easy to find. But um, so I, I, that may have been what has steered us away from PS2 games in the past, which is a little bit of a shame because it has an incredible library of RPGs. Right. And okay. I, I, I have no objections to playing PS2 games because I mean I'll have to dig my PS2 out of a closet, but that's no big deal. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I did, I did dig out my Wii when we played uh, the last story, so I guess there's no really difference is there. <laughs> well, Shadow Hearts Covenant is better than the last story, but I, I would yeah, hope so. It, it, it definitely yeah, you, is. If you vote for that game, you can hear us discover that objective fact on Retro Encounter. Is that the segue <laughs> into the second game, Mike? Uh, I, I didn't say it was, but <laughs> is it someone else's turn? It's up to you, man. Mike, carry on. You, you did the segue, so we're going to have what? you. Whoa, whoa, okay, all right. Putting me on the spot. I thought you said I was last on the list. Well, it changes based off who's talking. It rearranges. Oof. Wow, okay. You did the segue, so you were talking next, so you popped I was up. Not, on on not my screen, it says I was Josh not privy is, uh, to this list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, I mean, Alana mentioned that the PS2 was a little ignored on this podcast, and she was right. But I was uh, looking at the data a different way. Um, I made a little list of... I looked at the games that, are, that uh, this podcast has covered and noticed that um, more than two thirds of them are from after 2000. It's uh, it's it's it, 
I think there's a it was six from before 2007 in the 2000s and nine in the 2010s. So I'm I'm thinking we should go a little older. I mean, retro is right in the title of the podcast and do a a classic from the 90s. And I also prefer playing games on Retro Encounter that I haven't played before for the most part. Because I, I think that just the discovery of it is more fun, and I don't always want to replay older games, even ones I like. So I went and picked a 90s game that I own, that I really want to play, that is an all-time classic, and came up with Suikoden 2. I, oh, I've I just owned... literally bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I also, I recently bought it. I bought it over the summer, um, the PSP version. I'm, I'm sorry, it was a, it's a PS1 classic, but I bought it for my Vita, so it's loaded up on my Vita, but I haven't touched it yet. And I have pl- I played the beginning of Suikoden 1 a long time ago, but dropped it. So, and, uh, and I was aware, of course, that Suikoden 2 is the classic that everyone loves. So, yeah, I, uh, I am really interested in trying Suikoden 2 for the first time, and playing it for Retro Encounter would be the perfect excuse to do it. So I would... It's great. Yeah, it's a lot yeah, of love. I've got it. I've so kind of been waiting for us to do to do Suikoden two to be honest because I, I have it I have both one and two on my Vita. And... The funny thing is it, it's been in talks for ugh, countless and countless months. Like I think we've actually voted on it a couple times even. Um, and yeah, I, I don't it, know what it is. Our, it's on one of our big lists definitely. And, but like even like for certain months, it's come down to like that and another game and a, a different game has always beaten it out for some reason. It's always shocked me because I, I figured that would be kind of one of those just like it's like one of those love children. Of the genre that like everybody seems to adore, <laughs> yeah. Um, Especially certain writers on Kotaku.com, not naming <laughs> names. <laughs> so that, that's that's not surprising. It's not surprising, Mike, that you would take a really easy game where somebody like Alana picked something that did a did a really good job picking out a good game. That's not sure what you're implying. Oh, no, because Suikoden... I'm not saying that Suikoden 2 is a bad game. <laughs> I am saying that she picked something that wasn't so obvious. I don't uh, know. There were times, right. like, Mike, you could have gone for Final Fantasy VI or, like, Earth, like Earthbound or something I, else. I thought, I thought about FF6 or FF9, but I've played <sighs> those games so many times, and yeah. I and I love them, but for the podcast, I like I like playing games I haven't played before, and I, and I've, I would like an excuse to actually turn on my copy of Suikoden 2. Playing games for the Is first it? time, I think, makes the months go by much easier. When it's exciting, yeah. it, I feel like it's less of a yeah. chore. And also, you, it's, it's like you feel less lazy about it because you're like, I don't really technically have to play because I already know how this goes. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Uh, there's is there some there's some kind of a carryover data if you finish Sweet in One for Sweet in Two, right? I if believe you... there is, oh, and, uh, and, that, no. and that was part and that was part of why I wanted to play One first when I tried this like 15 years ago. But I, but one really didn't grab me, and I've I've you heard two's the better one, and I'll and I'll I'll accept playing a less thorough version of the game, if if it if it means I finally get to play it. Yeah, I know, and I've heard I've heard one is like it's 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 still pretty good, and it's not it, and it's fairly short from what I've heard, but like it's about not fifteen like, hours, yeah, yeah, it's not like essential for jumping into Suikoden. Okay, so. I think we should retire the the adjective essential on the website. Oh yeah, no <laughs> more. Essential is Josh's new trigger word, so yes. we're going Maybe, to uh, <laughs> re- replace, replace it with uh, indispensable. Just for now, in, on. In, in dis- indispensable. There, there you go. The indispensable. Good word. Um, okay, so before we move on, our this... next feature is the indispensable ten. <laughs> yes. Coming <laughs> oh, soon. <God. laughs> um, Coming next. 
having flashbacks. So, does it stress anybody else out jumping into the middle of series? I say, I know both games we picked so far have been too. It kind of. What are those I things like, that like? I hate that. These ones are like direct sequels, so there's like important stuff happening before both. Yeah, I of like them. playing games in order. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like can... playing games in order, but then I mean, if if I if I never got over that, then I wouldn't have played Persona two through four because Persona yeah. one is a tire fire. Yeah. All right. Those games are. It has like, its problems. I admit. Deflated. And I, I I like the Persona 2 duology. I um tr- truthfully, but uh like I I think that it, while it is satisfying to play or to play games straight in order, sometimes it it's it's often not necessary. And sometimes if if a sequel is is obviously better or more acclaimed or the thing you want to play more, then you should go ahead and play it. I don't know. Like, I, I, you really don't have to play Persona. <laughs> yeah, like I like I, I I would not recommend Persona. You don't need to play Persona One to get into, um, two two point two or three or four. And uh, and I, it's I guess it's a little more direct for Sweet for not well I I can't say if it is for Sweet or not. But it's a little bit more direct for Shadow Hearts. But I I would just say go ahead into two anyway since I I had I struggled with the mechanics and combat of Shadow Hearts One. Yeah. I would say you don't need to play one. I mean, there's only really two major plot points that carry over significantly. Um, it's been a while since I've played one anyway, and two I played a couple of years ago. But um, you're not missing out on anything huge, but you can give it a skim read. And I would recommend playing it personally, but you're not going to miss really out like too it. much. Maybe depending on which one wins the vote, I'll get like, okay, I'll get, I'll set aside a month of like prep time or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's a place we get in one or Shadow Hearts one. Yeah, Shadow Hearts one's not that long either. I think you can probably do it in like 20, 25 hours, maybe. Mm, all right. Don't play Persona one, guys. <laughs> friends, friends don't let friends play Persona one. I swear, at some point, Mike, it's going to be a drinking game between you ragging on Persona one and me ragging on Nintendo. I'm ever... surprised that you that you picked me hating Persona One ahead of a different gamer series that maybe we have already discussed at length. Don't even start with me, right? <laughs> oh, but yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's essentially so, yeah, a bad game. Wow, <sighs> what did I? Boom. What did we just talk about? Yes, <laughs> I, I can start complaining about Story Mode Online for like a half hour if we really want to turn this into a complete bitch fest. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't. All right. Uh, <laughs> So, guys, who's next? Why don't we, uh, why don't we avoid Peter because he's a little upset? Robert, why don't you do your, your game? Well, let me tell you all about why you should play Persona One. Um, oh, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, I per- so there's I, a kid I, named I personally, Mark. I personally have a lot of affection for Persona One aesthetically. I its battle system is garbage, but I'm gonna you go know, for the it's obvious. The playing, it's the playing the game part that I have an issue with. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go for the obvious, and I'm going to say that we should tackle Earthbound. Yay! This was my backup! Um, Fantastic. Earthbound is uh, is and has been probably one of my top five favorite games of all time since it came out. Uh, it's a American suburban fantasy through a very skewed and comedic Japanese lens um, by the copywriter and author Shigesato Itoi who uh, said that um, he was tired of seeing video games become the realm of 
like an otaku boys club and he wanted to make an rpg that would appeal to the older sisters of the world and entice them back into role-playing games which i think is a very sweet sentiment um and you know earthbound it's it's just a game that is for everybody it's uh funny for kids and adults it's subversive without being crass and uh nasty i mean there is there is some some potty humor but um it all feels I don't know, there's just so much love that I have for Earthbound, and I think that everybody should experience it at least once for its, I don't know, exploring an analog of the American Midwest and making your way across the world and fighting hippies and mushrooms. And um, it speeds along at a pretty good clip as well, and it's got great music. So, um, yeah. Anybody, has anybody else played Earthbound? I love Earthbound. In fact, if you listen to one of our other podcasts, you might understand that I consider Earthbound indispensable in a way. Okay. I, I've, I've heard a rumor that uh, Chrono Cross is a better game. I, I've oh. heard a rumor that you should stop talking about this subject. This, this, but anyway. This, okay. Uh, I, I've only played the first hour of Earthbound, but I I, 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 I liked what I played. It's, it's a little bit of a rough start, I gotta say. Yeah. I, I think it's a little... It is pretty rough until you get your second party member, because the uh, the road to getting that second party member is can be challenging with just one character. It's a bit but, convoluted. Yeah, but but once once it hits its stride, it's just an absolute blast, and there are, there are no games that resemble it aesthetically or tonally except for its own sequel. Yeah. So it's a it's yeah. Earthbound's a classic, and I adore it, and it is a great choice for this show. It's a really really good choice. I I think there's there's a reason that certain games are always mentioned like earthbound chrono trigger they're they're games that kind of transcend time it's timeless it's as relevant now as it was 21 years ago yeah yeah i, I think i think that's a really really solid choice plus you they're get to hit krakens with baseball bats to answer questions <laughs> about what your favorite food is yeah yeah, although yeah. the default choice of steak is pretty rock solid. Yeah, no, you can't really go wrong with that. Unless he yeah. orders it, you know, well done. Then in that case, yeah, then you're making a mistake. F that game. Well, Forget mom, it. Puts, mom puts it in a bowl for you. That's kind of weird. Eat a big bowl of steak, she says. <laughs> so it's like, it's I, like I guess the, if it's like if it's like steak tips or it's like, it's like the infinite the infinite piece. meat bowl from Persona Four. Like, <laughs> yeah, or like or like a steak shabby. burrito bowl. Sure. I was ecstatic the first time I ever finished that bowl. I like made my life. <laughs> I never did. I missed it by like one day. I was uh, bummed. Yeah, same. So you were often suspecting it was a portal into the meat dimension, but you never actually got to step into the meat. <laughs> dimension. So you don't I, actually know what happens then. I never stepped into the meat dimension. It will be the goal of my next Persona 4 playthrough, I suspect. <laughs> I think it's a trophy if you play it on the Vita version. It's uh, yep. pretty confident. So, it is. So the setting goals for myself. Setting, setting high goals for yourself. Well, well actually, let, let's a side note on that. How many of us actually care about like trophies and achievements? I'm curious. Uh, it depends. Yeah, yeah also depends. Um, I, I like using them as a metric for what I can do in a game. Like I, I like I'll I'll look at a trophy list usually before I start. Some oftentimes before I start playing some games, just to see like what am I able to do in the game. Like what, can, what goals can I set for myself to try and do. But uh, the, I'm not like a complete yeah. a completionist, so I don't usually like I, I've, I've I've platinumed two games, and one was one was Type Zero HD, which was a really easy platinum and one the other was zero time dilemma 
Yeah, the the um both of yeah. the zero, uh, zero escape and zero time dilemma basically give you the platinum trophy if you see every scene in the game. Yeah, which is uh which makes getting both of them quite doable. But for me, it's I, I think they're fun but not necessary. I don't like I don't need achievements or trophies to enjoy a game. But if a game if I get maybe seventy five percent of the trophies in a game, um, uh, playing it blind and then look at the trophy list and see. You know, I could I could get all of these if I play another five or six hours. Then sometimes I will play that extra five or six hours. It's 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 a weird incentivization incentivization system, but I I mostly find it's fine. I don't I don't hate like or dislike them too much in either direction. It it's a really big deal for me. Um, yeah. 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 Really, really, oh. really big deal. Um, I'm a little softer on trophies than I was back in the day on achievements when I was more on like 360 um but yeah i will i will sit and i'll collect hundreds of flags in assassin's creed or like currently people have seen on twitter i'm going back through on rayman legends i got 100 percent on it a while ago but that's a great game i love, I love legends. a really oh. stupid trophy attached to getting your awesomeness to 11 uh, rank 11 <gasps> yeah i love that yeah, screw that trophy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think I, I did like a count out with how much more points I have to do it. So I have to play the daily challenges for like the next three or four months. I love how the Rayman games are designed to be sprinted through. There's always a path of least resistance to just um, beat the, a stage by just running constantly and jumping at the right and punching at the right time. So. Gotta go fast. Yeah, exactly. So it's it it feels like you're playing an old Sonic game, or even if you uh, if you watch a speedrun or something, it's always kinetic and fun and fast. The, the Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends are both really really good. They're so mm-hmm. good. Um, Amazing. Yeah, but yeah, I will I will. It's I, I oddly enough with the trophies because of uh, the level, I care more about my level than I do the platinums. But when I was uh, on the 360 specifically, I would do stupid stupid stuff to be able to get all of the achievements. But I, yeah. one of the great things beyond, I, I think, even just ach- getting them, I, I think there's just a sense of community. Like, like with your friends and whatnot, and yeah. a slight amount of bragginess. Unfortunately, a lot of the... I mean, it's, it's one of those, everybody complains when the achievements are too hard or the trophies are too hard. But at the same time, it, it makes it so that you can you can brag that, like, I actually achieved that. Um, mm-hmm. I liked, um, I liked Sleeping Dog's take on that. Not with the achievements, but with the sort of um, you know, when you started drifting, uh, it would pull up uh, the record set by people on your friends list. Yeah, Burnout you, you, Paradise was the best about yeah. that. Yeah, that's cool. driving in the driving in the wrong lane um, and not hitting any cars. Yeah, I found that a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I wish more games did that. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like we tried, like when the PS3 and 360s came out originally, like everybody started putting those in, and then we slowly drifted away from some of that. Um, I don't know, it, it seems like they've gone back to more just simple, like, he wanted games, here's games. I, okay. I wouldn't mind more of that social integration. We have, like, the extremes where you, you have, like, one living world where everybody's ex- coexisting, but it'd be nice to do for them to do a better job with, like, the single player. How are we talking about Earthbound? We kind of trophies. I don't know. I was what kind of trophies would we have in Earthbound? Like, would they get a trophy for calling your mom? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, you get a trophy yeah, have for... A, uh, Sorry, go ahead, Peter. I was just thinking um, maybe it would give you different trophies for, like, really obvious food choices, but they'd all be hidden trophies, so you'd have to guess them. 
I bet they'd give you a trophy <laughs> for giving money to that stupid orange kid. Oh, no. God. Man, Apple screw kid orange kid. I think you should get a trophy for uh, keeping an egg until it hatches into a chicken and the chick growing into a chicken. Oh, that'd be fun. That would be good. That, like, uh, that makes me think of Half-Life 2 with a gnome, and that makes me just cringe. I know it's not comparable, <laughs> but that's... Is that like Christmas duck? <laughs> Yeah, I know it's a, it was a, I know it was a weird aside. I was just curious. So, Peter, <laughs> I guess since uh, yeah, uh, if you say so Twilight my, Princess, I'm gonna strangle you. Uh, so we're gonna play Kingdom Hearts. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but well, I was like uh, almost expecting it. It's I was like, hoping well, for it, and then we have to make a rule that if they vote on it, Mike has to be on the podcast. Well, I, I, if good. I, if I ever do. Do a Kingdom Hearts game, it would probably be Birth by Sleep, but that's that's neither here nor there. Um, uh, the the game actually I'm playing I'm playing that I was wanting to pick for the show is um a DS game that I was looking to revisit because I remember really liking it when it first came out, and there's and I it's been and it's been a while and I thought it might be interested it may be relevant to our interests. Um, Radiant Historia. Oh yes. Um. Ooh. So, uh, Radiant Historia, just for a bit of background, it's an Atlas-developed RPG from for the DS from, like, 2011, I think. Um, that's right. Has, has a killer Shimamura soundtrack that's probably... It it's, it's amazing. I love it. Um, so I rem- good. And from when I played it, I remember being surprised by how st- fairly... Like, for I mean, for a handheld RPG, the, our writing was fairly strong. I was engaged with kind of a... It has kind of a political, intriguing narrative. And an inter- kind of an interesting take on on time travel. Um, I know I know when the game came out, people were making a lot of Chrono Trigger comparisons, um, and and it does kind of feel like a lost sixteen uh, bit game in a lot of ways. So I thought that would be an interesting one to revisit for the show. It's a very good game. It is very good. It's one of the better DS RPGs. Um, I never finished it. I I uh, I got to the end. But my understanding is to get the best ending in the true final boss and to- and totally, um, you know, pull back yeah, the curtain hey. from what's going on. You have to do all kinds of extra side stuff and have yeah, all of you those. Do. F- and I just yeah. looked it up on YouTube. I never, I never did that. I uh, I got I beat the game and probably only finished maybe sixty five or seventy percent of it. But it's uh, it is a super good DS RPG, and I it would be really cool to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. There's a lot of staff with Nocturne, one of my favorite games. Is Nocturne indispensable, though? I don't know. Oh, here we go. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm a bad person. <laughs> I, I like Nocturne, and like this is apparently my most grievous sin of the past of the past week was not letting Nocturne on the the list that shall not be named. <laughs> oh, I like that the list that shall not be named. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll keep that. Save that for a, a future feature. If, if Nocturne <laughs> appears on this podcast, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not, I won't sign up for that month. I don't know if that I could be. Brutal. It It'd be a stressful yeah. month. That would. Radiant Historia is a good pick because it's mm. not like one of Atlas's or Shimaura's best known games. But this this is really unfair of me. But I always mix that game up with Radiata stories. There, well, it, they shared your Yeah, I used to. Yeah, no, it, they, it's totally unfair because they have. Very few similarities, other than like a few syllables of their names. Well, <laughs> like uh, the they actually um, they they both share team members. Oh. Sure, I, no. I I I wasn't aware of that, but uh, but I 
yeah, I, I used to mix. The, I've only played. I've only played Radiant Historia, and not Radiata Stories. But I accidentally called one. one the other semi frequently because I, I my brain is not very good at the naming thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, Radiata Stories is a bit of a slog. But I'm Radiant sure Historia is quite good. He's saying that Historia is excellent. It is quite good. Sequel when Atlas, please. I I, I thought the combat. Um, in that game was really solid. Maybe it got a little less fun when I was winning every encounter the same way towards the end. It's, but j- just the just the concept of sort of pushing and pulling and shifting people into spells and traps was really cool for a while. Yeah, see, and, and I guess this is part of the reason why... That's one of the main reasons why I want to revisit it is because I remember liking the combat system at the time, and I think it's it was a mechanic that felt really satisfying in the moment. But it was also really repetitive um, because there were there were, it was pretty there is a pretty much one strategy to getting through uh, most of your encounters, and and that's one of the things about the game that I kind of want to revisit and be like, well, does this hold up as well as I remember it being? It's uh, for me, it's, it's kind of like Legend of Dragoons combat, even though they could not be more dissimilar because it's <laughs> really fun the first several times you do it. But by the 150th, 200th, 300th time you do it, it's like, uh, God, I've got way this. more time for Radiant Historia than I do Legend of Dra- Dragoon. That's another, that's, <laughs> another, that's another game on my backlog. Uh, yeah, uh, man, that that game, that game is not bad, but it, it it takes its time, and the combat is slow, and it's a four-disc PS1 RPG. Wow. But I but I enjoyed it when I first played it. I I and I finished that game to the end. So, uh, but I, we don't need to talk about that on this podcast. <laughs> oh man, Legend of Drake. <laughs> so I, I kind of found it interesting that Olana and Mike both kind of had a process of kind of looking at some of our past games when they picked their games, and so I kind of sort of did something similar. Um, mine's more based in some stupid hope that I don't think will actually happen even if we played one of these games, that the people on the podcast and then also the people listening to the podcast could possibly play the same game together during the, the month. Um, so I skewed more towards some sort of multiplayer RPG. Where are you going with this? Ooh. So I'm still... Everybody gave me crap on the pre-show because I hadn't actually picked a game yet. <laughs> um, I am bouncing around in my head between Diablo 3, Borderlands 2, Divinity Original Sin, Dark Souls 2, and World of Warcraft. Josh, you cannot pick five games. I know I can't. Just, just throwing that out right so now. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a vote for my game, and then what? we're going to put that with the other vote, and we're going to... No. Um, <laughs> so I, I kind of... That's kind of my thought process. Um, a couple of those I throw out really quickly. I, I feel like Diablo 3, I think it's hard to cover. Um, I, I, I think we could have Mike talk about it for a year. Um, but I don't know. I just don't feel like it lends itself. Well, come on, let's be fair. I could talk about it for at least six or seven solid months, but a year is a long time. Well, I, with my degree in math, I know whenever you get past halfway, you just round up to a full. So, With my degree in environmental science, I know that there's never enough time or data. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I'm kind of, I've 
lowered it down to, I remember everybody getting really excited about Divinity, um, which I know is out of that list is like the least multiplayer-y of them all. Um, I think it'd be interesting for us to play Dark Souls, a Dark Souls game. I really want us to play World of Warcraft. I think it'd be so why, super interesting for us to do it. Uh, like what, everyone gets a free trial and we just like... Well, you just pay for a month. It's really easy to get free trials of that. Yeah. I think I have at least yes. three or four sitting around from various Diablo and Heroes of the Storm purchases I've made. Right. But yeah, and think uh, of how and cool this... would it be for us to start raiding together for a month. Uh... <laughs> I, I, we have to like <laughs> grind our characters up to a reasonable level. Oh, I've played yeah. a little Sorry, bit guys. of Final Fantasy. I've played a little bit of Final Fantasy fourteen, but I mostly avoid MMOs because. I prefer more self-contained experiences, and I have some kind of aversion to a game that has a, a, a designed grind, just personal goals in mind rather than a story goal in mind. Hmm. And I, I mean, I, I like Warcraft 2 and 3 a lot, and I think I mentioned this on the, Blizz, on the yeah. Blizzard Encounter podcast a year ago, but I actually read about World of Warcraft sometimes just to see what these characters I know are up to. Like, uh, oh, I forget what ex- what expansion it was, but, like, they, uh, in one expansion years ago, Deathwing resurfaced, and he was a big raid boss. And it's like, oh, cool, Deathwing was awesome in Warcraft 2. So, like, little things like that were fun to read about, but I'm, I was never interested in actually playing World of Warcraft. But if, I mean, if you choose to make this your game, because I'm not sure you have or not, no, <laughs> and I'm... if people vote, vote on it, I would at least think about it. I feel like I have zero chance of winning with that. Unfortunately, but I just wanted to throw it out there. It makes me feel good that I threw it out there. Um, definitely an interesting idea, even as a bonus round. Like you could just throw us in for like a week and see how we do. You know, like it's, it's this is kind of thing about it's like I'm bouncing around with that idea. It's just it's it's really intriguing. Like the whole idea of this whole podcast is engaging the community. Like, and it, one of the things we talked about just doing the podcast that we enjoy is getting together and talking about something that we're doing at the same time and like just taking both those ideas and taking a step forward, like a couple steps forward really, and actually having us all play together. That's a really sweet idea. Uh, see? So my not having a game yet is not so terrible. I had an idea, which is better than a game. No, I think it would have been better if you just picked a game. <laughs> you technically I'm, did. I'm going to pick Divinity Original Sin then. Alrighty. Since you're gonna be a big old jerk about it. Well, I'm just a big old jerk about it. I do like I do like the idea, Josh. I'm not sure if WoW specifically appeals to me, but like the idea of us doing a multiplayer game for a month is a really interesting idea. Yeah. Agreed. Good. Does anybody have anything to say about Divinity at least? I have not played it, and I have like zero interest in playing it. But <laughs> um, I know I know from talk. <laughs> I know from talking to them and from listening to, to a different podcast, Random Encounter, that um, former RPG fan editor Stephen Meyerlink loves Divinity Original Sin and played through yeah. most of it uh, with uh, either one of his friends or his roommate, I forget which, but um, he played through almost the whole game co-op, and the co-op elements of it, like, uh, there's a lot of small things like, oh, one character can do a big water blast and then the second character can electrify the puddle of water that was created and things like that. There's a lot of small co-op elements that you can 
that you can play with in Original Sin, and he enjoyed all of it. He really liked Divinity. And I think he was trying to get Rob Steinman to play it as well, but I'm not I'm not sure if he did or not. It's uh, it, it, But that game came out a couple of years ago, got a lot of acclaim, a lot of people really love it, and I've heard the co-op parts of it are good. Nice. Yeah, I, I've, I, yeah. I didn't play at the time, but I was listening to a lot of podcasts where people were going on and on about... It seemed like the writing was decent, but everybody loved the moment-to-moment gameplay and the stories that came out of how they beat certain encounters like always really intrigued me. I hear the writing's a bit naff, but there's uh-huh. a sequel coming out this year with Chris Avalone working on it, which I'm very interested in that. Oh, but, and he, um, was, he wrote a bunch of the classic computer RPGs from back in the day. And Was yeah. he with Obsidian before? Uh, he was with or- Black Isle. And he was with Obsidian as well. He did Alpha Protocol, but he also did the early Fallout games. He worked on New Vegas. Um, I, th- I, think he wrote, I think he wrote. He wrote. Oh, wow. He That's co-wrote uh, Obsidian's recent game, P- Pillars of Eternity. He was one of many. I believe writers he did. Yeah. 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 He also he he was one of the writers on Wasteland Two. Pillars of Eternity is quite oh. good. I like. I liked that game a lot. Oh, of course. He um, he's did he work on Torment? I'm pretty sure he did. That's one of those games that I'm too intimidated to actually play. <laughs> it's that, that game is is. Oh, we should have picked it. <laughs> it, it it's, yeah. It, it, it's rough, but it is really really cool looking. That's it's, one of those games I've always I've always been yeah. intrigued by, but also intimidated by. I think it's pretty visually hard to look at, but I think the writing is really stellar. Right. I think that old Infinity Engine dice roll stuff is maybe it is quite poorly executed in that game. I think Baldur's Gate 2 is a more playable version of that of that type of game, but but the writing in Planescape Torment is universally praised and I've always been intrigued by it. And I guess it shares a writer with uh, the upcoming Divinity game. Ooh. I still think we should do well. We'll figure something so, out with that. So, but your final choice is Divinity: Original Sin. Yes. Okay. I I don't own a Vin- Original Sin. If if that game gets voted, I'd and I decide to play it, I'd probably have to find it on sale somewhere. But that would be doable, I think. It goes on sale pretty yeah. consistently. Yeah, I found. Yeah. I haven't picked it up yet, but I'm, I'm sure my place. PC can handle it. That wouldn't be the issue. Yeah, mine definitely couldn't. I would have to play. Probably have to play it on PS4. Is there? Is there? Is the multiplayer cross-platform? Oh, I don't. I don't. I don't think it is. I'm gonna no. assume not. No. Okay. Yeah. More, kinda... more cross-platform stuff is happening nowadays, but I, uh, I'm not sure if that game can do it. Yeah, fair enough. I guess you'd be working with pretty wildly different interfaces. I have to deal with the PC players talking about how their experience is better than you. Yeah, I don't, I, should, I don't. I don't put up with that shit. <laughs> it's just not worth the effort at that point. Nope. Um, so Dirty. those are our five games. Um, I wrote them down. I was actually Read them and weep, suckers. Um, so we have Shadow Hearts Covenant, Suikoden 2, Earthbound, Radiant Historia, and Divinity Original Sin. Very, very different games. Um, but like I said, yeah. we're. Uh, when this goes live, five different original platforms for one. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Yeah. See, look at that. We're really. And good the, I think. And when was Earthbound? Ninety four. Ninety five. I think. Ninety five. So yeah, ninety ninety five to twenty fourteen. So twenty solid years and five go. different platforms. 
That's great. More, more if you count ports. Keep it interesting. Um, but yeah, when we when this comes live, which you guys will obviously be listening at the time, so now you guys can go out. <laughs> um, there should be both links in the post and hopefully somewhere on the site directing you towards where you can vote for those five games. And like I said, whoever wins out of that, uh, we will play that game come January. Um, and we already made an agreement. Whoever voted for the, or picked the game during this podcast, they have to at least be on the podcast when we play through that game. Um, which these are real, five really good games. So I don't think it's really hard to twist people's arms to play. Alana, games. we're going to make you play one of your favorite games. I know. If we yeah. Oh, what a shame. Well, I, was just I mean, worried. actually, yeah, like Earthbound is good as well. So they're five really dumb. good games. I have no Earthbound problem is an indispensable game. It should have. It should be on any list of indispensable RPGs. Or at least it on should. the top list of twenty. I mean, instead of hitting twenty-one. I would agree with you, but maybe we should change the subject. All right, top list of Super Nintendo RPGs. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would. I would put it on the list of those. It'd be, it'd be behind Chrono Trigger and FF6, but ahead of you know, Lagoon and East Three. <laughs> Lagoon makes the list, does it? There, there is no middle ground. Why don't we just put Secret of the Stars on there as well? Oh boy, Paladin. But, but yeah, but real talk, don't play Lagoon. Yeah, that's like one of that's one of my least favorite SNES games. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Why did I even bring it up, man? Lagoon, Legend of Dragoon. Just don't play games with Oon at the end. Maybe avoid that. That that can't be true. There has to be an Oon game that's good. Mm, I don't know. Come up with a counterexample, man. Operation Raccoon City. That's not a good game. Oh. Um, Ooh. I'm trying Sly Cooper, here. the thievious raccoonist. Ends with Boom. West. Nope. But it has an oon in it. You just said it has an oon nope. in it. Yes, it ends with oon, not ends with oonus. Come on. It's right there on the bottom. <laughs> this is incredibly semantic, and ev- all of our listeners have abandoned us. There has to be another Sly Cooper game. <laughs> There are. There's three. Well, there's four, actually. But I don't think any of them end in Raccoon. I can't believe we actually are having this discussion. I apologize. I'm looking at it up. Cool, cool on Dreamcast. Splatoon. There we go. Splatoon. Oh, hey. Splatoon. Splatoon oh man. And Splatoon's good. I like Splatoon. All right. I, I, I apologize. I was absolutely wrong. There are good, good games that end in Oon. There's just not Raccoon. Do you want to name any, like, one-off ideas we have for, like, bonus rounds, possibly? Like, just real quick? Sure, Mike. Oh, or, sure, sure yeah. Peter. Mike, Mike and I have used. It's a Dragon Ball Z thing. Nice. Um, it's been in the I sun just, too long. I was just saying, I, I, a few ideas for future bonus rounds I was thinking of kicking around. Possibly would be revisiting uh, the Final Fantasy thirteen trilogy. Um, especially with fifteen around the corner, I think I feel like it's time at least to kind of look back at the last time we had a major Final Fantasy game that was in development hell for God knows how long and turned out to be kind of uh, polarizing. Uh, I, I was like wondering it's... what word you're going to use after kind of. There, there's a lot of ways it can be used to describe 13, but I, I do feel as though the, the reception to the game has honestly mellowed out a bit in recent years. Um, I, I know more people who like it than hate it at this point. I I feel like... People still hate it, but they're so disappointed they just don't want to talk about it. See, I don't know. I've talked to more people who legitimately like point out, like, I know I enjoyed this game or hear things about it I liked, and oh, yeah, overall it wasn't that bad. And it's like, uh, and I, I don't know if that's just like 
it's not as immediately disappointing anymore. It, you can get it for like super cheap. So if you play it now, it's not like you it's not like you spent $60 and were waiting for this game for four years and it turned out to be kind of, uh, but I actually had no problem with 13 when it came out. I, well, I, mean, I, I mean, I didn't really either, but I like, I, I didn't love it, but I, it was, I, I enjoyed it just fine. I think 13 two is probably the weakest of the trilogy, but it's still a, a fine game in its own right. And I actually legitimately enjoyed lightning returns a lot. Um, even though the story in that game is rock stupid. The, the game itself is really fun. so. I mean, this is an issue of perceptions, but I think that per- Peter's uh, judgment of it is pretty sound. It was very divisive and polarizing. Oh, absolutely. And, and had a lot of negative yeah. attention when it first came out, but largely that's that uh, people have mellowed out on it, which is, th- that sounds about right to me. I haven't played any of the 13 games except for the first 45 minutes of 13 on a friend's copy, but uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind listening to people talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, and just a, cu- a couple other ideas I had is um, one a Kingsglaive episode because now that the movie's actually out for more people to see, um, that could be worth discussing. And F- uh, FF15's in, in been delayed a little bit, so we could we could probably post it before the game comes out. Yeah, so that yeah, there's time. And uh, I also thought uh, since as a kind of an addendum to our to the moon podcast, uh, I had just played a. Um, a bird story, which is which is uh, another a recent Kan Gao game that kind of kind is kind of a prequel to their to the moon follow up, Finding Paradise, um, and you can beat it in less than an hour. So I figured it would be an easy bonus round. But let us know if you're interested in any of those, dear listeners, and so you might finish to the moon. I really want to. Uh, my idea, my the idea for a bonus podcast, I really want to do is a Dragon Quest episode because I think it's yes. Un- I think it's unfair to make people play an entire Dragon Quest game in a month. But doing an episode where we were either discussing the whole series or just discussing, say, maybe eight. Uh, my, my, my two favorites are five and eight in Dragon Quest. But I would love to talk about Dragon Good Quest on a podcast, but it may, we, it may have to be relegated to a, bonus, to a bonus round episode. I'd be down. I love Dragon Quest. I Six. love Dragon Quest. I have played the every game in the series except for seven, and I'm really looking forward to playing uh, to playing seven now. Yeah, this would be the best that, way to play it. Yeah, I I own the PS1 copy, and I've tried to play it a couple times, Aww. but that has not happened. So uh, um, we're recording this right before the uh, the uh, 3DS version is out, but by the time we post it, it'll I'll probably be playing it already. Speaking of games, that's right. unfair to have people play. Um, I think it'd be really interesting for us to do a bonus round on Lost Odyssey. Oh <laughs> yeah, actually yeah. That's just, where all the uh, that's where all the Shadowheart stuff went. It is. Oh neat. Well, that makes me less excited to play that game. Um, <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> I've, I've always wanted to play Lost Odyssey, but I not enough that I wanted to buy an Xbox for it. So, well, and that's one of those things. That yeah. it's, it's one of those games, kind of talking combining kind of a couple ideas here, but where you're saying there's so much hype and excitement about it, there is a lot leading up to uh, all of those games from that developer, um, and Lost Odyssey kind of was like carrying all that weight. So it's intriguing just kind of historically for where it kind of sits during that time period. Um, it was also supposed to be the savior for the 360 in Japan. Um, yeah. That, that and Blue Dragon, that, right? Yeah. Oh, yep. Blue Dragon. I actually like Blue Dragon a lot more than Lost Odyssey. <laughs> no. Dragon Quest with Personas. Good, 
Yeah, if there's if there's one thing Mist Walker's output has taught me, it's a I would rather play Bargain Bin Final Fantasy than Bargain Bin Dragon Quest. <laughs> oh yeah. Right, I, I can that. Where does the last story fit into that categorization? I I really I I really enjoyed the last story, but I recognize that I'm in the minority on that one. Well, well, but, would you classify <laughs> that as what is that I, budget I like of? Parts of it. I think it I think I think Bargain Bin Final Fantasy. It. I liked yeah. parts of it, but I, I felt really burned by the end when that, I was underleveled and couldn't beat the final boss. But it's a it, it that's a that's a neat game for the most part. You should listen, listeners. You should listen to our the last story episodes of Retro Encounter that, that we recorded the last, last year. I guess ever wanted to do. That was <laughs> I, it, it, it. It was a very very good game for a while. It just I'm not sure if it overstayed its welcome. Did something repetitive. Just had bad mechanics. I don't know. I still don't really know what happened, but. It went from me massively being excited for it during the first podcast, the second podcast, me absolutely hating that game. Um, so, which of the podcasts that we've done in the past year and a half were the most fun for you of the uh, of the one of the game journal ones, at least? Do you think? You've you've been on the most episodes, Josh. I've been on almost all of them. I've been you, slacking yeah, lately. You all. Um. Yeah. Damn personal life, really ruining things. Um. What? You mean having a child cuts down on your gaming time a little bit? Yeah. I never would have guessed. Shocking. Um top or like most fun was probably South Park. Um South Park was a very fun, easy month for me. Yeah, that was really enjoyable. Um intriguing, I would say, was near. There's just so many yeah, ideas near there. Great. Um most fun month, though, which still I think is my favorite month that we did, was February when we did the indie games. Um, I right. absolutely adored Gone Home. The conversations from To the Moon that were generated. Um, and then Juniper's Not was really my first visual no- novel. So it was kind of three very different games with three very fun games to talk about. Um, yeah, all, all three of those games, they, they don't exactly share a genre, but there's... They're all put into that sort of adventure game, uh, visual novel box that is, you know, a very loose categorization for that for multiple genres. So I, I thought that was a fun month too. I was only on one of the episodes, but it was really fun listening to all three because it was uh, those three games are the kind of games you could list together, but and are legitimately interesting um, on their own. But it was, it was fun, you know. Playing them in a row, or yeah. listen, hearing you guys hearing you guys talk about yeah. the, playing them in a row, and they're also bite sized. I mean, we, we we play so many of these games that it's it's a short month if we're only playing for like twenty to thirty hours, um, and then to, to kind of turn that on its head and be like, oh, like gone home, it's gonna be hour hour and a half. Like, oh okay, sure, yeah, I'm gonna have a really enthralling story that it's a bunch of emotions and a ton of conversation around, and I only have to play for ninety minutes. That, Sounds fantastic. Um, I think we talked about it longer than it took for me to play through it. Um, that's, that's nice, though. Yeah, we definitely oh, should do another indie month. Well, we, we don't worry. It's it's coming. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I I honestly think, kind of on that note, I think Gone Home is my favorite game that we've played overall. Oh, really? Oh. Wow, nice. I would actually put Gone Home. Pro- it's either at the bottom or very close to breaking into. Uh, my top 10 favorite games of all time oh wow awesome that's really cool nice. yeah I, I i really really enjoyed that so yeah 
Yeah, that, so that would be kind of like my breakdown. I, I think overall, um, both quality of the episodes and I think quality of coverage and I think the games overall, I think 2016 has gone a lot better than 2015 as a whole. I think we've really hit our stride this year. And I, I think we, we kind of talk about 50, episode 50 and kind of celebrating and whatnot. I, um, thank you to, obviously, everybody that's here have been on a bunch of these podcasts thank you to all you listeners who have been there who have sent emails uh contact us on twitter or you just got on the boards uh and like your feedback's been great uh you guys being involved it's been wonderful so a big thank you to everybody so yeah there's my my sappy moment <laughs> Aww. oh he was that's sweet so of you cool. to say josh you guys that's are what make retro encounter what it is oh there you have it, folks. <laughs> I'm not always a big jerk. Well, <laughs> I mean, some people would say otherwise. For calling you a degenerate on the boards. <laughs> a degenerate that doesn't know how to play games correctly. Yeah. Um, we play games wrong. We choose the wrong games. We're all bad people with bad opinions. I mean, I'm not going to dispute any of that, but you can all find you can find all that discussion on the forums. Yeah. And yet, people still keep coming here. Do they? <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Every but, time I question if people listen to this podcast or not, I I don't know. Another email or message pops up. It's like, oh wow, I guess we're not just shouting into an empty well. Yeah, and so and that's going back to the things. Like, whenever you guys do send those, I know it's it kind of probably means almost nothing to you, but it means a lot to us, and I really appreciate it. Uh, and I know everybody else that's been on the podcast. It means a lot to them, too. Um, Retro at RPGFan.com or find yeah. us on the RPGFan.com forums. Or you can right find in, us on Twitter. What, what's your Twitter handle, Josh? At JD Curry. <laughs> I wasn't actually going to say it, but yeah. At I Have Fury. My name changes based on basically whatever Bridget tweets now. I've been changing it just to mess with her. <laughs> It's really annoying. I've really we should, hated we that. Should get, we should get Bridget on a podcast. That that, really? that podcast, sure. that podcast would go places. Oh, <laughs> I love Bridget. Yeah. And I'm uh, at The Real Monsoon and at Evoker for Dogs on Twitter. Oh, you do have two, don't you? Yeah, it's, yeah th- that's also it, very annoying. <laughs> yeah, it is. Evoker for Dogs <laughs> is for, like, the the uglier parts of my personality that just tweet about, like, um, video <laughs> games and Video video games and tokusatsu shows. Yep. Yeah, Kamen Rider. <laughs> um, I love I'm me at, some Kamen Rider. Yeah. Awesome. Right. I'm at Alana Hagues. I'll just... I tend to just tweet... I actually tweet a lot about my retro games, but kind of try to keep spoiler-free. So occasionally I'll pop in with next month's or <laughs> episode. So, yeah, just check me out. Throw me a message. And you're a great um, sw- source for inspirational vice quotes. I haven't had any for ages. The last one was like an old woman in skies, the one in like one of the pubs, and I was like, oh, well, this is a good one. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm, I hope uh, Skies of Arcadia goes on so we can do a full episode. <laughs> I'm sorry, Robert. I am so sorry. sorry. Every person just... you have interrupted when they tried uh-huh. to say their name. <laughs> Every so, single uh, sky, time. Skies of Arcadia, then. <laughs> do go on. It's a good game. You should listen to the Dreamcast Encounter episode. Yeah, you should. She's a big old shill, too. Trying to get everybody to listen to episodes of this thing. I'm at MissAnthroBob. I don't know how to use Twitter, but you might see pictures of my cat if you follow me. Oh, I love your cat. That's as good an incentive as any. 
But yeah, I, th I think I think that's gonna do it for us here. Um, somehow we stumbled uh, 50 episodes. I, stranger things have happened. We might be able to stumble through another 50. Um, slouch into the future. Yeah. Um, but like we, we've already made clear, we really appreciate you listening. Um, and please come back for more. Bye, everybody. Thanks, folks.